Welcome to the On Strategy podcast. This is Fergus in Chicago. As always, you can reach me at Fergus at OnStrategyPodcast.com or you can follow me on Twitter at OnStrategy1. That's the number one. Today we're joined by Britton Taylor. Uh, Britton is a uh, group strategy director for Wyden and Kennedy in Portland. He has worked in the past on the Old Spice brand at Wyden and um, has been working on the Kentucky Fried Chicken brand for a number of years and was part of the original team that developed the uh, direction. And in essence, this is really about a strategy that was rooted in refreshing a brand's origin story. And um, uh, Britain uh, points out and underscores the point that this really started with Wyden working with KFC to uh, refresh the in-store experience and then only later moved out uh, to uh, external communications and advertising. And I think, I think Britain's trying to lean in on that point because he wants us to know that Wyden is not simply about producing great advertising, that it has this branded everything mantra that it uses and uses as part of its annual planning. The other thing that I think was really exceptional about this whole direction was the fact that this campaign also broke two major taboos. And one of the taboos, I think, was the idea that, you know, who would have thought that using an old man was a good way to connect with young people? I can only imagine the echoes in, in meetings with clients where people are going, but this is an old man. The founder was an old man. And how is he going to appeal to teenagers and young people? And um, I can imagine that that, the, that had the possibility or would have the possibility of derailing this whole thing for many more traditional clients. And the second thing, not only that, but then the funniest part of it is that not only that, do they have the, uh, the bravery to go in and present the colonel and to accept the colonel as being an actor, the founder, but then to go back in later and suggest that we now use different actors every couple of months to refresh the whole personality of the colonel again. I think that was brilliant. I actually thought myself that that was the original strategy, but Britain explains that it was not. Uh, so that was very interesting to hear. So a lot of really exciting things done in breaking taboos and in doing things that are really are inspiration to a lot of other planners out there. And, of course, done for great reason, good strategic reasons, and uh, drove a lot of results for the brand. So this is the story about the rebirth of the kernel. Enjoy. Howdy folks, it's me, Colonel Sanders. <coughs> I've been going for a while and boy, howdy, have things changed. Nowadays you got your International Space Station, your double-sided tape, your cargo pants. You seen these pants? That's too many pockets. But what you don't always seem to have these days is my Kentucky Fried Chicken. Well, I'm here to change that, folks. I'm here to make sure my chicken's still as tasty and delicious as it ever was. I'm Colonel Sanders. And I'm back, America. <laughs> I'm back, America. <laughs> it's still finger licking good. So welcome, Britton Taylor from uh, Wyden and Kennedy, Portland. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Fergus. First podcast. What an honor. Is that right? It, you, it this is, is your true. first time? Oh, my it God. Is. Well, I uh, hope this will be one of many where you'll come back on this show. <laughs> hope so. So I'm excited to talk to you for a number of reasons, um, not the least of which is the uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken campaign. And, and I also understand that you were the, uh, one, of, one of the planners or the, the group planning director on the Old Spice campaign, right? 
Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I've worked on, uh, very lucky to work on Old Spice. I started uh, working on it the day we won the business and I worked on it for about 13 years. So that's one of a, one of those once in a lifetime kind of opportunities to, to um, work on a brand that needs to turn around and to completely um, uh, reimagine that brand. Uh, so a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, what just amazing work on both of these. And, and I understand that what they both share in common is the same client, which always helps, right? Yeah, that's correct. It's, uh, we had a lot of great clients at, uh, at P&G and on Old Spice. But yeah, one of them, Kevin Hockman, uh, went to be CMO at Kentucky Fried Chicken. And then he brought a lieutenant, George Felix, over with him. And uh, yeah, I think that's one of the main reasons why we decided to work with KFC from the start. I think maybe some hesitation working for a QSR brand, but knowing Kevin and George and their pedigree and their desire and capabilities to do great work, uh, we jumped at the chance and obviously it's, it's worked out in our favor. So was it a pitch or, or not? Not really. <laughs> not really. Uh, we just kind of flirted for a while and had a few, had a few <laughs> meetings and um, we, I think we eventually won them over with our strategic and creative thinking, and then they just uh, awarded us the business. Oh, I love that. Love to hear that. Um, so let's go back to the beginning on uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and tell us about what was happening in the category. What were the, you know, what were the category challenges or the issues when you guys uh, first uh, came on board? Yeah, it was my first time working in QSR, so it was interesting to get up to speed. So QS, QSR is quick service restaurant, just so everybody knows. Correct. Correct. I love acronyms. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> so, yeah, lots of lots of interesting things happening in the category. I mean, for one, you have the rise of fast casuals. So you've got, you know, the Chipotles and Paneras of the world, which were going gangbusters at the time. Uh, you've got a very tight labor market, which makes uh, recruiting and retention of workers, especially uh in qsr very difficult and expensive task uh you've got uh, value wars it seems like every year there's a new value menu that's being launched by one of these brands and that makes margins uh really low so you do have some growth in the category but it's it's pretty small uh and i think you're also seeing uh a lot of increases in check as opposed to transactions which i think can kind of mask uh, growth from a lot of these brands. So a very difficult uh, and competitive category when we when we first started around 2014. So um, let's talk about the uh, the KFC business or Kentucky Fried Chicken business. We'll 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 talk about that that acronym in a minute too. Sure. But what was going on with their business, and you know how did you interpret the challenges at the time? Yeah. Um, we started working with them in 2014, and I think it's pretty fair to say that, that the brand was struggling to remain relevant. You know, I think they'd seen about a, a decade of declining sales. Uh, Chick-fil-A, I think, overtook KFC as the number one chicken restaurant in about 2012. And that's with, I'd say, you know, a little more than half of the restaurants uh, of KFC. Amazing. Uh, yeah. And, and they were geographically, they were more Southern uh, brand at that time, right? Yeah, this is really before their main sort of national uh, expansion. So it's a testament to to how well they've done as a brand, as a business. I mean, Chick-fil-A is open six days a week. And I think a Chick-fil-A store does about three to four times the business of a KFC. So pretty wow. incredible. Yeah. So uh, you've got some other kind of alarming trends. You know, obviously KFC was kind of built on a bucket of chicken. 
And just as uh, tastes have evolved, I think you see you've seen consumers embrace, you know, more portable uh, options, whether it's tenders or nuggets or sandwiches. So that's that's a, a significant challenge in of itself when your core product has kind of fallen uh, out of favor. Um, and at the same time, you know, the brand, which was, gosh, I remember when you know when I was a, a kid in the '70s and '80s, just going to eat KFC after a soccer game it was a pretty big event, but yeah, uh, when we, when we started working on it, the brand was very much seen by consumers, especially younger consumers, as uh, outdated and old-fashioned. So you've got relevance issues on the business side and the brand side as well. So why why was it seen as being irrelevant or no longer relevant? Yeah, well, I think you've got um, <laughs> on one hand, you had uh, obviously the brand was built around you know the, the famous founder Colonel Arlen Sanders. Uh, and he had essentially disappeared from uh, advertising. You know, he, of course, his face was still on the restaurants, but they walked away from Colonel Sanders. Of course, and you can sort of see the logic in retrospect. But walked away from Colonel Sanders, thinking that you know, how on earth could you, uh, as a brand, appeal to young people with you know this you know senior, senior citizen uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. as your as as your you know as your mascot. I do think one of the one of the best slides that we actually did as we were kind of first having chats with KFC was that we we had a slide that said because a man's old and has white facial hair doesn't mean he's not awesome. <laughs> and we had a picture of of Obi Wan Kenobi and Robert De Niro, um, <laughs> Ulysses S. Grant, <laughs> and uh, my personal favorite Gandalf. Um, and I don't know. It's one of those slides that you know is 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 funny and a bit a bit silly, but I do think it's one of those that went a long way towards uh, getting them to start to wrap their their brains around the idea of of bringing him back and that it could actually work. Uh, and it's a similar thing to, to uh, you you mentioned it, but you know them walking away from the name actually Kentucky Fried Chicken and changing it to um, KFC. You know, which was done in part because they're worried about the connotation of having fried in the name. So, this is a brand that, in many ways, had had walked away from what had made it uh, so special. So, the the kernel was taken off off of all branding and all communications. Not all, but a lot of it. And I, even in even in some of their internal marketing, you would kind of see them struggling with how do we how do we use the kernel to appeal to young people? Is he even the right see the right um, mechanic? the right thing to use to reach young people and shouldn't we be trying other things and so in the advertising what you really saw was mirror marketing you saw the brand using testimonials from you know young people talking about how fun the food was and um, of course you can you can see why they wanted to go that way but it didn't really stand out compared to what everyone else was doing and they also abandoned finger licking good right yeah that's correct uh again another uh very important piece of the brand, but something that also uh, communicated, you know, greasiness, you know, licking your fingers. So you can see again why they wanted to, why they decided to walk away from that. So did you, do you think that the product itself suffered or was this just a a shift in culture? Uh, I think it's honestly uh, primarily a shift in, in culture and sort of what, uh, the evol- you know, when you think about, you know, the evolution of restaurants and how the chicken category specifically had evolved, uh, again, chicken on the bone, KFC's core product not being relevant, 
sandwiches, tenders, nuggets. These are all things that KFC, frankly, was uh, late to the game on. Uh, and by the time that you know that we came on board in 2014, you just see a lot of these restaurants being, in terms of their their off their menu offering, just being just uh, ahead of us. Yeah. So you you get this you get this business uh, or you get this call and the group at the agency gets together planning gets together what what did you guys do in terms of trying to dig in deep on this brand and figure out a strategic direction can you give us some of that on a on a pretty granular level what you guys did sure i mean when you when you're thinking about how to approach a strategy you know there's a few different ways you can come at it you can come at it from uh, a category perspective uh, you can look at it from a consumer perspective, or you can really look inward to the brand itself. I mean, you th- I think it, I talked about Old Spice, but let me use that an example. So Dove, for instance, is a great uh, category example. They basically looked at what everyone else was doing, showing these polished, you know, models. And they're like, why don't we show real women? Uh, Axe, of course, took more of a consumer approach. They decided that sex would be the best, you know, the promise of sexual fantasy would be the best way to reach young guys. Yeah. So for Old Spice, we decided to look, you know, to the brand itself in terms of figuring out the right way forward. So we went to the archives at, at P&G in Cincinnati and really just dug around and looking at all the old ads for the decades of of uh, Old Spice. You know, this is a brand that was in dop kits for World War II. I believe it was sent to the moon, you know, and we just really liked the idea that this had been a brand that had been, you know, with men, a, a brand that had helped in part to define masculinity for decades. And there's, you know, there's an abundance of experience that comes with that. So that's what ended up shaping sort of our strategy on Old Spice. And, you know, we kind of took a, a page out of the play, a similar page out of the playbook for KFC. You know, our, our guts kind of told us that there's a lot um, in the heritage uh, of this brand. And so we did the same thing. We we went to Louisville and the KFC archives are actually in a cave uh, in Louisville. <laughs> Uh, because it's climate controlled, uh, so that makes sense. But uh, uh, imagine it, it's 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 sort of like a smaller version of the last scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just a, <laughs> yeah. a huge warehouse full of of boxes, and you know you sign your name in, and then you just kind of have at it. So we sent a whole team to Louisville, a team of uh, creative director Eric Baldwin, a bunch of folks from our design studio, and just had them pour through as much as they possibly could to kind of understand, you know, when this brand was. And it's heyday. What you know? What what was going on? And of course, everything that we found was that when the brand was great, Colonel Sanders was very much at the center. So, I'd say early on we kind of zeroed in on Colonel Sanders as this sort of charismatic, feisty salesman, and trying to figure out if we were to sort of bring that back in a more in a more relevant way today, what would that what would that look like? So that was really at the core of of strategically what we did. So we did. Um... Did the client come in with, and part of their briefing was, we're thinking of reinvigorating the kernel, or was was that something where you guys are sitting in Portland and you you thought in advance of going to the to the cave that you would uh, you would check into that, or did it just happen as you were discovering and exploring? Yeah, that wasn't a solution that our clients necessarily came with. I think, of course, they naturally understood that there's so much equity in the kernel and the bucket and finger licking good and eleven herbs and spices, but just uh, a lot of questions in terms of what's the what's the right way, the most relevant way to bring those things back. So, um, certainly some skepticism around bringing the kernel back, even even from the franchisees. Um, when you look at 
maybe what some other brands have done trying to bring founders back, which haven't really worked very well. And yeah. I think we were just lucky enough to find a way to do it that, that worked. So, um, so they go, they go to the cave, does planning go to the cave with the creative group or, or was it, were you guys doing separate things? Yeah. Yeah. I've been to the cave a couple of times. <laughs> of times. Uh, it's a blast. I mean, uh, and it's the, just it, communications and marketing iconography or, or, or history. Oh, it's, it's all kinds of stuff. It's, um, Colonel Sanders, you know, he, he really didn't get his empire going until he was in his sixties. So it's, isn't that amazing, man? Isn't that it's amazing? incredible, uh, how much he did in a, in a very short amount of time. He just had his, his recipe and his pressure cooker in the back of his car and just drove around to restaurants trying to license his his chicken were there different strategic directions that were on the table some that did not involve the colonel or was it all all colonel all the time in terms of what you guys were thinking as you after you came back from from louisville yeah there's frankly never much of a debate on this front i think uh our guts inherently told us that we had to find some way to bring uh the colonel and his values back to life so um Creatively, we had a few different ways to, you know, to bring that, to express that, but strategically, never a doubt, to be honest. So tell us, tell us about, about uh, how you would describe the strategy. Yeah, it's really simple. I mean, I think it was on the, our, our first presentation was, was big, but on the third page, we had a line that just said, make the Colonel proud. And uh, I think that's kind of been our driving force, our brand idea from from the beginning. It's even something that KFC has embraced. Um, Kevin Hockman, our client president, has it emblazoned on the conference room outside of his office. Uh, and so that, that, that mantra uh, is something that we've embraced, obviously, strategically and creatively. Uh, it's something, uh, it's been really exciting to sort of see the whole, the whole business, all the franchisees, all the restaurateurs uh, take it to heart. Um, so what does, that, what does make the Colonel proud mean? To use that phrase, make the colonel proud, I think is to remind people of those high standards. And, you know, whether you're you're doing a piece of POP or you're coming up with a new food innovation in the kitchen or you're designing restaurants or making advertise, you know, making advertising or communications. I think it's just a really great center of gravity just to sort of remind people that, you know, this this restaurant, this brand does have standards and they should be high. And I think it's something that everyone's now sort of working very hard to live up to. So I, I can see where that makes a ton of sense as an internal rallying cry. But I, I'm thinking uh, when you look at a consumer facing strategy, how would you describe what the consumer facing strategy is for the brand? Yeah, I think that strategy all stems from uh, the colonel and his uh, attitude and his uh, behavior as the sort of feisty, charismatic ch- chicken salesman. As I said before, this is a guy who would do essentially anything to sell chicken. And we've taken that to heart. Uh, you know, we've, we, I think we're on our 17th or 18th iteration of a kernel, but we've, we have sent a chicken sandwich to space. We have, um, made a meteorite <laughs> shaped like a chicken sandwich. Um, <laughs> we made a dating simulator, uh, to appeal to young anime fans. Uh, so we've done all kinds of weird stuff. And I think, again, right. it all stems from that strategy of, you know, if, if, if Colonel Sanders, the chicken salesman, were alive today, um, what would he do to sell chicken? It's, and it's uh, pretty much anything and everything. Uh, and we, I think we've done it in a very self-aware way, of course, which um, a lot of brands in the category are, of course, more earnest. And I think, especially for a brand that's trying to appeal to young people and millennials. I think that self-aware humor 
can go a long way. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the competitors. I'd be, I'm very curious about how you think about um, Chick-fil-A, specifically how you think it's positioned or uh, in, in the category when you look at it compared to Kentucky Fried Chicken or you look at it compared to, you know, um, you know, you could be Popeye's chicken. How do you kind of look at that landscape in terms of how people are positioned differently? Yeah, the chicken category is is pretty crazy. I think when you think about how much it has exploded over the last uh, decade or so, of course, Chick-fil-A is the brand that people talk about the most, but you've got Zaxby's, you've got Raising Cane's, you've got Bojangles, uh, many more kind of local or more regional brands, but all of those have kind of taken a bite out of KFC's business over the course of the last, you know, decade or so. Uh, to be honest, Chick-fil-A, we don't talk about it uh, as much as you might as you might think. Certainly, we look to them in terms of like any new items that they're coming out with, any offers that, that they've got. But uh, I think you're looking at a slightly different customer base uh, with Chick-fil-A than you look at KFC, more um, more upscale, more disposable income. Uh, I think our competitive set is is um, much more so like a Popeyes, Burger King, McDonald's. So the concept that you guys developed, uh, I mean, it was a game changer. I remember the first time I saw it, I was just blown away by what was happening, and it was it was just so amazingly original. Uh, the idea of of multiple kernels. What was the reaction from the clients when you presented that? Because I can only imagine that if somebody went in uh, into, into Ford Motor Company and said, we're going to do five or six different Henry Fords, or if they went into Wendy's and said, we're going to do five or six Dave Thomases, that the room would, would suddenly, suddenly the air would leave the room and it might explode. <laughs> so I'm curious, how did they react when you, when you went back with the idea and was the idea to do multiple kernels originally, or was there just one on the table? Well, I think the, the hardest sell was of course, bringing back Colonel Sanders to begin with. And, you know, we went with, we, we at first wanted someone who could uh, do, I, I think probably the best and, and realist representation of Colonel Sanders, which is why we went with Daryl Hammond from Saturday night live. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that frankly was the, the hardest sell. I think we had, we had, even when that came campaign came out, we had talked about, you know, in the future, in the future, you know, would we consider doing, you know, different celebrity kernels? And I think that work was good, but I think we all thought we could do better. And that just kind of kickstarted the conversation of, man, what, what else could happen if we let, you know, other actors kind of step into this role and, and bring their own, bring their own kind of personality and attitude to it. And so that's when we kind of transitioned to Norm MacDonald uh, who was a great colonel to um, Jim Gaffigan and Reba McIntyre. So I don't know if there's ever really one big presentation that we said, all right, this is our strategy, multiple colonels. It kind of just happened uh, naturally. And, uh, and there frankly was not a whole lot of pushback. I think once they kind of saw the impact that bringing Colonel Sanders back could have, uh, everyone kind of got on board. You look at other brands who have uh, spokespeople and it gets, it does get pretty old after a while. Yeah, it does. Uh, absolutely. It does. And so I think, I don't know, it was just kind of a, uh, almost an understanding amongst the team that, that that was something that we would want to experiment with. And um, so we did the campaign with Daryl and we're like, Man, maybe that's run its course. Let's try something different. And I think, you know, we, we saw, you know, a huge, you know, 
uh, boost in terms of you know earned impressions and PR and that kind of stuff when when Daryl came out and then we came out with with Norm and then again a huge surge uh, of buzz and conversation and that that kind of became you know a formula every every single time we've introduced a new kernel you've gotten that buzz most I think the biggest of course when we did our first female kernel with Reba. The best kernel of all has to be uh, extra crispy kernel. I mean, that, I mean, come on. <laughs> that was just so amazing that George Hamilton gets picked as that. I, I, I think I fell off my chair when I, when I first saw that spot. Hey there, folks. It's me, the extra crispy kernel. Now, I love original recipe, but in this sizzling summer heat, I'm feeling a little extra crispy. My extra crispy $20 fill-up is freshly double-breaded and fried to a luxurious mouth-watering bronze. Extra crispy isn't just a product, it's a lifestyle. KFC, it's extra crispy good. <laughs> that, that whole campaign, I think we were really up against the gun in terms of, of getting something made. We didn't have a huge budget. Uh, we knew, of course, that we had to sell extra crispy chicken, and it's just one of those. The campaign kind of writes itself once you sort of decide that George Hamilton is the perfect colonel. <laughs> right. uh, uh, that was pretty incredible. Yeah, no doubt. So, so tell us. Um, people may be familiar with the uh, uh, with the spots, and we'll play a couple of them as we as we edit out through this interview. But tell me about where else this came to life. Uh, I, I know there was work done in store and, and a, a ton of things that happened in different environments. Can you talk us through some of that? Yeah, I think it's really important that, you know, the first stuff that we came with was not uh, advertising. It was all stuff sort of around the in-store experience, which, as you know, is is very important in 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 the category. So, you know, this whole idea of make the colonel proud, you know, you you would walk into a restaurant and aside from the colonel's face being on the sign, you didn't see much of the kernel once you went into the restaurant, which we saw as a pretty big opportunity. I should even note that some of the research that was done around the time that we started working on the business showed that a lot of young people didn't even realize that Colonel Sanders was a real person, was the founder of the company. They thought he was a, a fabricated mascot, which again, just goes to show how far this kind of brand had fallen. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we we had we had all kinds of of ideas. Um, uh, a big photo wall of Colonel Sanders showing him sort of through the years. That's now a part of all the new uh, restaurants. We completely redesigned uh, the packaging to bring the Colonel and his uh, feisty attitude forward. So um, the red and white stripes, the bucket. I mean, just all that stuff was kind of in, integrated into the in store experience. And I think that's that's played a big role in kind of. Um, reintroducing people to to what makes this brand special and you went back you you abandoned uh kentucky you abandoned kfc and went back to the original name of kentucky fried chicken right and you brought back finger licking good yep uh kfc is still of course on the restaurants today uh and it was there was some i think some therapy involved in terms of getting them to say kentucky fried chicken out loud <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now, now everyone can say it, and and again, I think it speaks volumes to how far we've come in a in a short period of time. I think there was a lot of hesitation around that that language, and even around the language "finger looking good." And now we can say it sort of loud and proud. So uh, it's pretty great to see us come that far. So where does where does the um, where's the business at now, and where does the campaign go from here? 
Yeah, we, I think we're, we're now, uh, we've now had six years of same store sales growth, which uh, is pretty incredible given that, you know, in the 10 years prior, uh, things were not looking uh, very good. So we're all very ecstatic about those results. Uh, where do we go from here? Oh, man. Uh, well, you know, I talked about creatively how we like to mix it up. And, and we've now seen, like I said, I don't know, 16, 17 uh, versions of the kernel. Uh, and uh, I think we're starting to get antsy to see where we might go next. Um, I think whatever we do, it will somehow channel the kernel, but it may not be a celebrity. It could be, could be something else. I can't exactly say what. <laughs> I understand that. I appreciate that. So, so is there, is there a seasonality to the, to the way you plan for this or does this, uh, or is it more that uh, when a great idea comes up, I mean, it's constantly on the mind of creators, maybe a good idea comes up and you go to the client. Yeah. Uh, great question. Uh, I, 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 that, um, I do want to talk about uh, the branded everything work that we've done. Branded everything is a term that, that was coined here at Wine and Kenny. It just speaks to our desire to make all kinds of stuff, not just TV commercials. And I think when you look at the brands in the building, I think I don't know if anyone's done a better job of, of bringing that 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 mantra to life uh, than KFC. Uh, we we do a big uh, branded everything briefing. Uh, at the start of every year. So we just, we just did one uh, with the goal of producing 12 to 15 big brand centric fame focused ideas. Uh, and it's really fun because we uh, we've opened it up to the whole team. We opened it before we've opened it up to the whole agency. So I think a couple of years ago we had 600 ideas and narrowed it down to 60 that we then took to the clients. So, I'd say, you know, some of this stuff, some of this stuff that's resulted from this work has been, you know, perhaps even more impactful than some of the, the TV work that we've done. I'm talking about, you know, we did a dating simulator, we did a romance novel, we did a partnership with Chippendales, which is a weird one. <laughs> we made a tiny KFC. We just put out a partnership with Crocs. Um, you know, we made a virtual Colonel Sanders into a virtual influencer on Instagram. We did, you know, you mentioned George Hamilton. We had him selling extra crispy sunscreen. So those are, especially for a brand that's trying to reach, you know, young people, people who frankly haven't ever been to a KFC. Those are the kinds of ideas that are getting the brand and their consideration set. So you mentioned earlier the idea that you had a Crocs uh, partnership uh, with uh, with uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. What was, what's the basis of that partnership? <laughs> Um, like KFC, Crocs has had a, a resurgence uh, in terms of its yes, brand. Yes, it has, man, isn't it? Yeah. Um, they had a they 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 put out a a, a part a Croc with Post Malone uh, a while ago that I know was was very popular. Um, I I'm I I believe they approached us um, KFC uh, and said, you know, do you want to work together? And um, I think we naturally just like, we'd, we'd love to work together. I think there's something (laughs) here that we could do. And, uh, you know, we took a very, uh, we took something that could be perceived as being sort of very low culture and gave it a very high culture, uh, aesthetic, you know, working with a fashion influencer and working with paper magazine and launching it during, you know, fashion week in New York. And, um, it's just one of those things. Crocs seems to have now developed a, a cult following. And so it seemed like, really just a really fun idea so what was the idea 
the idea was to make uh, a crock that looks like fried chicken. <laughs> uh, that's, that's that's pretty great. much the idea. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about what the experience of being a planner at Wyden. You, I think that you're probably envied by 95% of the planners out there. Um, uh, you've been there quite a while. Tell us about what it's like. Uh, yeah, I've been here forever in agency years, uh, 13 or 14 now, this January. Uh, Wyden was, I think, one of the last agencies to adopt strategy. I think as our client roster has grown, you know, we work with Starbucks, we work with D&G, um, KFC, more packaged goods, stuff like that. Um, you've, you've started to see us embrace, you know, fully embrace strategy and what it can can bring to the table. I do think that our our brand of strategy, if we had to have one, is is very much uh, pragmatic and gut driven. You know, I talked about how what we did for Old Spice and KFC was was very much about bringing the the brand back to its core, back to its soul. And I think a lot of that work is is more gut driven. We still do consumer research. Uh, we don't live or die by it. We believe research can help us sort of diagnose problems and help us understand consumers in the category but when it comes to truly identifying a lateral insight or a lateral idea um that's where we kind of rely more on our, on our guts than anything so when you say prag- you guys are pragmatic about it what did, what did you mean by pragmatic yeah i think um being a, a soap a soapbox strategist here is not going to do you much good um no one wants to hear you talk just for the sake of talking. It's a kind of roll up your sleeves and and uh, make a contribution to the work. You know, one of our you know one of our sayings here is the work comes first. That's absolutely true. I think if you're as a strategist not having a direct impact on the work, if you're not able to directly collaborate with the creatives and help them come up with good ideas, you're you know you're going to struggle to to succeed here. So that's that's really what I mean by pragmatic rolling up your sleeves and and uh, having an impact on the creative is it your sense that your outcome is about uh, a thought starter idea for creative is it an insight uh, what is it for you what what is expected of you as a planner inside widen oh man uh a lot uh you know i think anyone can sort of point to the brief as being you know, the most important deliverable, and that's certainly a deliverable, and that's certainly a, a piece of it. But, you know, as strategists at Widen, I think we are expected to be the closest to culture. Um, and and knowing, you know, what's, what's going to work and what's not. I think as a strategist at Widen, you have to have a really strong gut creatively. You kind of have to speak uh, their language. And so, Going beyond the brief, I think we're, we're strategists are expected to figure out once, even once there's an idea, how the heck do we, how the heck do we bring this idea to life beyond just, you know, ads. As a planner, what did you learn on, on Kentucky Fried Chicken that was either frustrating or challenging or, or new for you as a planner? Uh, just a good reminder that, you know, if you really want your brand to hum, you know, communications can only do so much. Uh, just remembering that if you can get your hands on that, on the in-store, that retail piece, that, that can make a huge difference. And I think, 
you know, as strategists, I think that's, that's something that I'm always pushing my team to do is that, you know, communications is only one piece of the puzzle. The more you can do to go up, upstream and be business partners with our clients, I think the better off we'll be. And I think we have that kind of relationship with Old Spice and we've had that kind of relationship with KFC. We are sort of knee deep with their food innovation team, their fit team, trying to figure out what are some of the new things that we're going to make in the kitchen and introduce to people in the next year or two. And I think that when you have a partnership that that's, that's so deep, it really only strengthens the relationship and makes you know the communications part of it uh, easier. And we, of course, started with with Kevin and George, and uh, they've since uh, brought in Andrea Zeminski, who's an incredible CMO and a great partner. And again, I think it all comes down to trust. Very happy to have partnered with them for the past, past six years. Britton Taylor, Group Strategy Director, Wyden and Kennedy, Portland. Uh, what a pleasure. Really great having you on the show. Hey, Fergus. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. And we'll see everybody on the next episode.